everyone. My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So I hope everyone is enjoying this lovely summer. I mean, it feels a bit surreal, really. Like, when is the last time? I cannot remember when I last spent so much time outside. I All of 2020, I feel like I was essentially, or was it 2021? Wow, they're even like mixing together. I basically tried to go hiking at least once a week, if not more, and then just kind of fell off of it. And now I'm getting back to it. So it's really exciting. (laughs) I'm taking this personal detour here. So (laughs) I did a 10 mile hike on Saturday. Amazing. My longest I've ever done so far by myself. So really excited. And for full transparency, I do live in the Wild West now where the scenery is like breathtakingly beautiful and the sunsets just look like otherworldly and the hiking trails are just like a chef's kiss. So that might be why I'm like getting back outside again. But I've also been really inspired by my new mountain girl status (laughs) that I'm thinking of having a series where I feature just historical icons from the Wild West. So I've always been fascinated with that period in our history, especially with like the larger than life figures like Annie Oakley and Buffalo Bill. You know, I'd love to learn more about their personal stories and experiences. And of course, share everything I've learned with you. But that is for a later time and discussion. So, oh, and just a few reminders. So I do have an exclusive sneak peek coming through on my mailing list. I have revamped my newsletter so that I can deliver you guys a more convenient method of consuming the podcast. So I have a lot of really great stuff coming down the pike. So please, please, please join the mailing list. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please feel free to leave a review. I truly appreciate it. And I love getting you guys feedback. I'm going to be opening up for interviews very soon. So I'll be posting that link in my description for the episodes. So stay tuned there. I'm also going to post it on my website. So anyway, business aside, let's get into today's story. So today's story has a bit of a connection with our previous episode on Alan Turing. And just to kind of refresh, for the Pride Month series, I featured individuals who pioneered LGBTQ rights, as well as famous individuals who you may not have known were members of the LGBTQ community. And Alan Turing was the latter. A freaking great series. So please do take a listen to those incredible and underrated stories. They're like the previous four episodes. So while doing Alan Turing's research, I fell into a rabbit hole of other major breakthroughs in computer science throughout history. And with this week being the, I hope I'm right, 174th year anniversary of the first Women's Rights Convention, I thought it would be fitting to feature the story about a woman who was one of the first to innovate in the realm of computer programming. The woman we'll be learning about today hails from a famous family and bloodline within the UK. And in spite of the value and agency afforded to her by her name, she still was subjected to the significant complications 
women encountered when trying to walk their own path in academics in that time period. So during that time period, just, you know, just kind of of refresh in context, women were almost forbidden to learn beyond the basics and certainly were not encouraged towards higher education. While this woman's life was notably short, tragically, the breakthroughs she made in the areas of computer sciences are timeless and forever immortalized in the inner workings of every computer program created in its image. This woman also had a colorful array of friends, colleagues, and tutors, some of whom were famous in their own right because of their discoveries within the respective subject matter. Now, I am someone, of course, that has always been interested in everything. (laughs) Computers as well, but purely from a high-level overview. That's what I want to clarify. And from my experience, and I'm about to show you how old I am, the understanding of just how much computers can do and how much they change the course of the world was made abundantly aware to me while growing up in the 90s. I will never forget spending hours surfing the web, checking my AOL, updating the status, doing my homework on the computer. I mean, it was such an integral tool in all aspects of life for as long as I can remember. This story is interesting to me in that it's simply an individual pursuing their own personal curiosities, which led to one of the most groundbreaking innovations in the history of humankind. So I'm sure that more than piqued your interest. And I personally knew very little about this individual, but I've heard of her through just throughout my research of iconic ladies. So sharing the story is going to be a treat. Let's get right into it. This week, we'll be discussing the progressive, the passionate, the programmer, Ada Lovelace. Ada Lovelace was born Augusta Ada Byron on December 10th, 1815 in London, England. Ada was the first child born to her parents, Anne and George Byron, whom you may know, by the way. George Byron was the famous poet known as Lord Byron, and Anne Byron was the celebrated mathematician, Lady Byron. Unfortunately, Lord Byron was not a faithful husband, and this was the only legitimate child born between Ada's parents. Ada would have siblings from her father's various marital affairs, but the total number is ultimately unknown. Not long after Ada was born, Lord Byron and Lady Byron separated, effectively ending their marriage. Lord Byron would leave England shortly after the separation was confirmed, deciding to travel to Greece. Ada would never see her father again, as he would pass away not long after, when Ada was still just a young child. This left Ada in the care of her mother, who, unfortunately, wasn't exactly maternal and seemed to have a disdain for her role as a parent. And this is where I really resonated with her story, obviously, as being a daughter of a narcissistic, toxic mother who also seemed to have a disdain for parenting me. So it was really interesting to read this that this was, you know, a big part of Ada's childhood. Ada and her mother moved in with her grandparents, who treated Ada like their own, and gave her the love and care she was desperately missing. 
Lady Byron wasn't always present and would write to her mother about Ada's welfare, likely just to show in court that she was an attentive parent. In these letters, she would express full concern for Ada, but would refer to her as it and would have her friends watch and report to her on Ada's life. From an early age, Lady Byron would have tutors give Ada lessons on advanced subject matter, which was highly unorthodox for women in that time period, even with her family's position within society. Ada would suffer with significant health problems throughout her life as well, eventually ending up in bed for almost a year in her early teens. After a particularly bad bout of measles in 1831, around 16 years old, Ada left her bed and began to walk again. With all her domestic and health problems, Ada had much more time on her hands for her studies, and it showed. An example of Ada's most notable private tutors were Mary Somerville, the renowned woman mathematician, and William Friend, the social reformer and writer. At her mother's encouragement, motivated by her mother's fear she would turn out crazy like her father, Ada pursued her avid interest in math and science all throughout her academic career. After all of her many years of individual research and study, Ada developed a unique perspective on applying mathematics, which viewed equations as almost lines of poetry more than just simple math. Around 1833, when Ada was 18, she was introduced by her tutor, Mary Somerville, to another fabled academic named Charles Babbage. Charles Babbage was a Lucasian professor of mathematics at the University of Cambridge, a position that was previously held by Isaac Newton and most recently held by Stephen Hawking. Charles was also an inventor and engineer in the process of creating the concept for something he called the difference engine. The difference engine was essentially one of the first mechanical computers, which could theoretically be used to complete complex computations. When Ada was first introduced to the difference engine, she was enthralled. She made every attempt to learn more about the difference engine when she could and was interested in how it worked. Ada wrote to Charles and requested if he could send her the blueprints for the difference machine so that she would be able to study them more extensively. Ada and Charles started to discuss the math and mechanics behind the difference engine, and Charles realized that Ada had an incredible ability to understand numbers. Charles would actually dub Ada the Enchantress of Number, which I found to be incredibly adorable, by the way. Charles respected Ada's intellect and began to bring her into his own work with the Difference Engine. The two grew to be close friends over the years, in which time Ada became quite familiar with the Difference Engine and its capabilities. As I said before, Ada had been essentially dealing with health problems all throughout her life. It wasn't ever the best, and she contracted cholera in 1837, which left her with several more ongoing health issues. Ada's declining health would weigh heavily on her close friends and herself, of course, as they commented on a change in her personality. 
A few years later, Ada would marry William King, and by 1839, the pair would have three children together. While Ada took this time to be with her family, she never abandoned her studies into complex mathematical concepts through exchanging letters with her tutor, Mary. It wouldn't be until 10 years later that Ada would demonstrate just how much she understood the inner workings of the difference engine. In 1843, Ada was given the opportunity to translate an Italian scientist article about her friend Charles' work on his newest innovation. Within the translation, Ada had to properly explain the new invention, which was the second generation difference engine called the analytical engine. Along with her writings on the machine and how it worked, Ada included an extensive set of notes outlining her own findings with the analytical engine and its properties. In particular, Ada described a system which could be used to calculate a complex series of numbers called the Bernoulli numbers. Ada's interpretation and method to program the machine to receive a specific value stemmed from breaking down data into a machine language, resulting in her creating the first computer program in algorithm. Ada had essentially described capabilities for the analytical engine that had not been conceived before with the understanding of machine language. With Ada's notes, Charles' article was published and the scientific community was thrust into a whole new era. Unfortunately, Ada's work wouldn't be recognized for the genius it was for many years. While she was still studying mathematics, Ada would have a tumultuous home life around the same time she'd published her work. Ada became involved with a few scandals in her years, with the largest one being her involvement in gambling, using her mathematical acumen to rig the bets. By 1850, this would end badly, and Ada had to ask her husband to bail her out of a particularly bad spot. So while this does sound terrible, it's also so relatable. If I had the ability to count cards and play the house, it would be so tempting not to. But I've always said, okay, quote me, hands down. If I could do an Ocean's Eleven or a Now You See Me, you know, type of deal, on a casino or something, I 100% would. No question. No question. Throughout her years, Ada continued to battle the health problems that have plagued her her entire life with her doctor prescribing Ada an increasing dosage of painkillers. This did nothing but mask the symptoms that continued to return and worsen over the years until eventually Ada was again bedridden and unable to move for quite some time. With her health continuing to decline and not improve, Ada was visited by her friends, family, and colleagues for their final goodbyes some more um, eventful than others. Ada Lovelace would pass away on November 27, 1852, at the age of 36. Doctors theorized that Ada likely passed away from a form of cancer, though it is not confirmed. Ada's work would finally be recognized more than a hundred years later in the early 1950s when it was published in a book titled Faster Than Thought, a symposium on digital computing machines. Ada would be honored with posthumous awards 
and recognition by the government as well as independent organizations and universities. Because of Ada's work, scientists who followed like Alan Turing were able to bring Ada's concepts a step further into fruition. So this story was inspiring to me because of, number one, Ada's just not a great home life. Your father is a dog who essentially has all these extra kids out of wedlock. He leaves you when you're a child and then passes away abruptly after. And her mother essentially, like I said in the beginning, was not very motherly, wasn't very maternal, and was very bitter after her father's separation. She would often tell Ada that she had to study as hard as she could because she didn't want her to be crazy like her father. So just growing up, having those sort of experiences, that resonated a lot for me. But Ada's obvious genius and determination in her pursuits, I mean, to truly grasp the concept of a machine being capable of doing things that have never even been perceived by the human mind before That's brilliance. That's vision. And Ada studied not just to understand, but to pioneer entirely new ways of thinking and perspectives on the power of the human mind. I mean, like, just for a second, try and imagine life without a computer right now. I mean, you're literally holding, likely, a mini computer in your hand or somewhere on your person or somewhere close to you, just listening to this. And to think that a woman in the 1800s was able to have the intelligence to create an algorithm for a mechanical machine computer concept that was powered by steam. It was powered by a hand crank or steam. Compelling, to say the least. I mean, plus going about this while you're dealing with ongoing health issues, Pretty pitiful parents and an aristocracy that wants to do nothing but control you. Ada was truly a powerhouse and ahead of her time. Just an icon, a true icon. And of course, we have to end this on a lovely quote from the computer whiz herself. And she has a lot of good quotes. She did a good bit of writing. And I quote, What is imagination? It is a godlike, a noble faculty. It renders earth tolerable. It teaches us to live in the tone of the eternal. So you can check us out at madeofmetalpodcast.com and that's made of metal. M-E-T-T-L-E. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. So thank you so very much for listening. Still such a pleasure. Still really appreciate all the support and all the feedback. Please, please, please review, review, review. I would love to get more feedback. I love each and every one of you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted.